Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. So are the Saints in the Bucks' heads just a little bit? A five-game winning streak will make you confident if you're in New Orleans and you have the swag of a Sean Payton. We'll talk all about that game coming up on Sunday. And did you see where Aaron Rodgers may guest host a couple episodes of Jeopardy? That got us to thinking about some of our favorite TV game shows. We're going to talk about all that and more with Tom Jones, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Hey, folks, you know, who's got the best party planners for your catering in Tampa Bay? Well, there's only one. It's Mr. Empanada. What's the heck is an empanada? Well, listen, you take your favorite foods, you place them inside a pocket of homemade dough that is cooked perfectly until it's golden brown and piping hot. Their empanadas are a fresh twist on some old favorites. You can order delicious menu items made from scratch, including soups and salads and Cuban sandwiches online right now at MrEmpanada.com, or you can call any one of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay, where Latin food quality and service meet, it's Mr. Empanada. All right, Tom Jones joins us now. And, uh, Tommy, big game coming up uh, this week, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about because uh, we haven't chatted since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won their first playoff game since the Super Bowl 37. My goodness, that was in 02, season 02, January of 03. So it's been a minute, and they beat the Washington football team. That game was a little closer than I thought it was. Ooh. I came on your podcast last week, and I'm like, they have no chance. This is a blowout. But you know what I think happened? They put Heineken or Yingling. Taylor or Heineken. Lowenbrow. I think his name was Lowenbrow. Whatever his name Schlitz. was. One of those beers. <laughs> Schaefer's beer. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah. Schaefer's beer, the one beer to have oh, when you're having more try than one. Try not to. Uh, yeah. This guy, I think I think uh, Heineke was uh, – it was actually the best thing for Washington and the worst thing for Tampa Bay because he could move right. a little bit. You know? I think you're right. He could move, and he was slippery. Like he, he not only could he move, but like he got out of some Houdini-ish dams. Like I don't know how. Like these guys had him, and then poof. Yeah, they had one that was like third and thirteen or something, and yeah, like just ran around. But he made and great up. throws, and and they they you know Arians was really upset about the way they played. They left receivers wide open, and and you know what I mean. And this goes to this goes to my. My point, like I was trying to tell somebody one time about like, oh, this guy sucks. He's in the, he's a third string. Let me just get something straight with all you people out there, right? You don't know these guys, right? And no one expected Taylor Heineke to give the goat all that he was worth. But if you're in the NFL and they and you're one of three quarterbacks, or hell, if they have one on the practice squad, you're one of four, like Josh Rosen, or whatever. I got news for you: you can throw the football. In yeah. fact, you can really throw the football. Now, yeah, there's like there's only a hundred of these guys in the world. Yeah, right. Like I, I mean, you know, walking the face of the planet, right? Everybody thinks, oh, I was good in high school. I was good in you know college. No, no, no. There's only, and, and not every team actually carries three. They, they do now because of the COVID and everything. But I'm just saying, like, 
If you if you're the dude that they say you're our practice squad guy and you're running scout squad, well, they need you to make plays. They need you to throw the football and and pretend that you're Ben Roethlisberger this week. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to give you're on the look squad. You got to give your defense the best. So all these guys can play. Now, granted, this guy's story was wacky, right? He was he was doing a online you know course at Old Dominion a month ago. He wasn't playing football. Right. He was thinking about playing football. So for him to come in and do what he did was was really remarkable. But the Bucks, you know, there's some there was some scary signs to that thing. I mean, look, the, their defense wasn't good, and Chris Godwin dropped some balls, and you know. But the one thing that I that I did take out of it up until the point when Alex Kappa got hurt was their offensive line played as well of a, as I've seen it against what was supposed to be and had been one of the best defensive lines in football. And they they stone Chase Young. I mean, stone. The offensive line's been good for a while, like the last. It's been month. okay, yeah. I think they've been okay, and I, I think I saw a stat the other day where Brady Brady has only been hit like on average like two times a game over yeah. the last like you know whatever how many games since since the one game where they since was, since the bye week yeah yeah since they yeah I it was one of those games Rick where yeah they they weren't perfect they they were a little not I wouldn't say sloppy but it just a little. I don't know, a little disjointed for part of it, but I don't know if any of it was nerves or just I don't know what it was. But it, I wasn't concerned. I, I did, that game didn't bother me. I, at the end of the day, I thought, all right, they advance, survive in advance, move on to the next game. I think they have to play better against New Orleans, and we'll get into that. But I wasn't overly concerned, and I never really thought, even when the score was whatever twenty three. 17, One whatever. score, yeah, it was like yeah. four point game for a while, yeah. I like I was never, I never had the feeling that Tampa Bay was going to lose that game. I thought that they would, I thought they would be okay, and ultimately uh, they were, you know. But yeah, Chris Godwin, you talk about Chris Godwin, you you were at the game, so I don't know if you heard the broadcast in the booth there, but like total jinx job, by the way, for because Al Michaels, I were talking to Tom and him and Collinsworth were, hey, well, were talking to Tom Tony, Brady. It was Tony Dungy and um, oh, that's uh, right, Tony Dungy. Yes, Tony Dungy and Mike and Tirico. Mike Tirico. And he says, uh, yeah, we were talking to uh, talking to Tom Brady. He said Chris Godwin has the best hands of anybody he's ever played with, ever played but with, ever not just on ever played with. And <laughs> next thing you know, he's dropping passes left and right, like the worst game yeah. ever for him. But look, he threw the ball to everybody. Everybody got involved in the offense. Fournette looked good. The offensive line yeah. looked good. The defense, yeah, they had their issues. I, I thought Heineke was – I don't know if – Heineke, I don't know what I think about him. I don't know if it was if it was a, a one game, like a Matt Flynn type game where he – Could know, have been. He's, he's going to make a million dollars and you'll never hear from him again. He um, deserves to get an invite to somebody's roster though right. next year after or it that was just, uh Or if he's, he's got a future. But he played well, and ultimately I, I was okay with the Bucs. They, they, it was a win. It was, And not all the wins in the playoffs are going to be – pretty you know well they've lost the they've lost playoff games they have first of all they hadn't played one 13 years so let's give them that and the fact that they survived in advance that's what you do as a wild card it was it was cold there there weren't any fans so you know going on the road is is more of a challenge of your own to try to get the energy going they didn't have Devin White you know and that's a huge piece for them I don't think people realize we'll see what happens this week you know when they go to New Orleans but I don't think people realize when you take away a guy who is, you know, the emotional leader, the leading tackler, 140 tackles, the leading sack guy or whatever, right there with Jason Pierre-Paul, he's got nine. And the dude that talks in the huddle and gets people lined up, 
like, and I'm not making this comparison, but I kind of will. Like, the Ravens back in 2000 had, like, one of the all-time greatest defenses, right? Like, they were just stellar. People will always talk about them when they talk about the league's greatest defenses. But if you had taken Ray Lewis for a game away from that defense, it'd still be pretty good. Sure. It wouldn't be great. Because you need that guy who who is in the center of everything that is this this sort of the the quarterback of of your defense. I mean, that's really what he is. And nothing against, you know, Kevin Minter who who made nice plays and, you know, he did exactly what you want him to do. He you know, he kept the boat afloat, but he's not the playmaker. And in this in the postseason you need guys that make big plays. You need guys that get fumbles. You need guys – and Minter made a big play. I mean, he actually deflected the pass that was intercepted by Sean Murphy Bunning, and that was a huge play. Um, you know, we can get a turnover. But it's, I think, you know, it, it, when he comes back, I think with the energy he's going to bring, the pent-up energy that he's going to have himself, um, he's a difference maker. And, you know, that might have explained – some of the reason why they didn't look all all that good and, and, you know, he's not able to be the big eraser and run down guys. He may have run down Taylor Heineke. Maybe he doesn't get out of some of those Houdini-type escapes. So we'll never know, but you're right, it doesn't matter. And Tom Brady said it, hey, if we win 100 to nothing, it's still a win in the playoffs. You're playing next week. That's the, that's the yeah, goal. Yeah, you don't get any extra. Yeah, You it's can't not, carry any points with you the next game. No, we're not ranking teams. I mean, it is what it is. Now, when you talk about the New Orleans Saints – that's a different deal they got coming up. And, of course, the talk all week is going to be about, you know, part three and it's Brady against Breeze. And most people think that, that Breeze is going to retire um, at 41. Brady shows no signs of wanting to do that. Um, but, listen, I, I was saying this. Uh, I asked the question to Bruce Arians. It's just like, you know, these guys just have – they have so much swag right now, the Saints do. And – they got scoreboard. I mean, they've beaten the Bucks. They're better. Okay, I'm just going to tell you right now, they're better. And that doesn't mean they're not going to. That the Bucks have no chance, or they're not going to win. The New Orleans Saints have proven they're better. They've won five in a row, and not just one five in a row, but like the last game on November eighth was wasn't that long ago. You know, they 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 were up thirty one to nothing in that game. Now turnovers yeah. have been the big thing. Arians is right about that. They've had five, but I'm here to tell you, Tom, they are. The New Orleans Saints, um, they're in the Bucks' heads. They get under their skin. They get them going. And they know they're better, and that's a problem because, you know, they just they just have this attitude. And, and I, you know, part of me is like, well, they probably don't want to have to play them three times. And be, you know what? Why wouldn't they? Well, you know, <laughs> if you're them, why are you afraid of the Bucks? Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn around and do something. I just got done talking to – I'm going to be totally hypocritical. Two minutes ago, I was saying, oh, it doesn't matter what the Bucks did, how they looked against Washington. All you got to do is try to win. Having said that, I looked. I, I wasn't blown away by New Orleans' performance against Chicago. Again, no. I, again, it shouldn't matter. They they advanced. It's it, uh, That's all that matters. But let's give the Bears a, this. The Bears have a good defense, and they held them to yes. 21. I think the Bucks. Are, this is where I would – and you're, you're right. You're more tuned into this team than I am. But this the idea that they're in – Tampa Bay's head is exactly right. And I think they're like, like Mike Evans always struggles. It seems against New Orleans. Um, Here's the thing, Rick. I think the bucks are a better team than when these two teams played the last time. I would agree with that. I just think they are. I think their offensive lines better. I think they figured some things out there. Um, I think they're, I think Brady's a little more in sync, although you still see moments where Brady's totally not in sync with, with some of these guys. 
And I think that it's just going to take even more time. It might take another half a season for that to be worked out. But I don't know. I, like, I, I think they're a better team now, and I like the way they're playing, despite even though they seem to stumble against Washington a little bit. I just like where they're at as a well, team right now. It's five in a row. Um, Brady's thrown like 15 touchdowns and one interception, I think, during that time or something like that. He's never had a better five-game streak in his career, right? Mm-hmm. So they're a white, they're they're a red hot or white hot, or whatever, you think, some color hot um, <laughs> offense. Hot. Now, they're pewter hot. They're pewter hot, and they've lost. But the, here's the here's the downside: is that they, they lost Alex Kappel, which is not a small injury for them because their offensive line, I think, has been the story in this series. When they you know when they play the Saints, Saints are just really good defense. They're second in the NFL by a lot. And, um, you know, they don't give up any yards. They've got really good players in Cam Jordan. And, and I mean, you know, um, we talked about Lattimore and, you know, Trey Hendrickson. I mean, they got guys upon guys upon guys. And they just seem to just seem to outplay the Bucks' offensive line, which is now down a guy, which isn't going to help them. But to your point, you know, the Bucks have done some things. I mean, they got, you know, they've, they've been a little more committed to running the ball. They've got um, you know, more play action, which has helped Tom. They've got more motion pre-snap that's helped him. And the biggest, the big X factor here, Tom, is a guy you know all too well, and it's Antonio Brown. Yeah. When they played the Bucks the last time and they got throttled, um, Antonio Brown was playing his first game. I think he had like eight targets and three catches for almost no yards, like 20-something yards or whatever. Um, maybe it was more than that, but it was bad. And now you look at Antonio Brown, you know what he looks like? Antonio Brown. Yeah. He looks like the dude in Pittsburgh, and he's not even—he's not their number one receiver. He's not their number two receiver. He's like the third dude, man. Right? Like you're you, right. You got a guy. You got a fifth defensive him. back. Go cover that guy. You're not. Yeah, they're not throwing a ball to him fifteen times a game, or twelve times, or even no. ten times a game. But the other team has to be ready for one every down. Yeah, they <laughs> you do. Know, you have to account for him because when they do throw it to him, he makes big plays. Big they're, plays. They're splash right. plays. Yeah. Hmm. I, and I think they didn't have him going before. And I think he's sort of been, in addition to, and I just, I wrote a story about this. I'll take my hat off to this dude. I didn't, when when Gronkowski came here, I don't know what your impression was of Rob Gronkowski, right? Like, I, he's an unbelievable player. Like, you look at his numbers and he's going to wear a gold jacket. There's no question. He's won three Super Bowls. He was always, he was that guy that was always getting hurt, right? And you know, kind of his, you know, his 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 crazy family and the yeah, you know, the, frat, but, like he had the reputation of fra- frat like we all knew he was good, but yeah, frat yeah. boy, partier. But how whatever. serious was he really about football? And you know, but he was really good, and he played on it with a great team, and you know, but uh, like I talked to Gordy, and they're an unbelievable family, and all those kids, all those boys were like the thing you miss about them, even including Rob, is incredibly smart, like book smart, like. Yeah. At Arizona, he had like a three five, three eight, whatever it was. I don't know, something crazy. And they all make money as businessmen. They all were professional athletes. So, but I didn't know him. Know him? You kind of see that that kind of like crazy Rob, you know, when he was in retirement and doing all those TV shows. That's who he really is. Like the dude, the dude is just like never had he, a bad day in his he life. He never right? had a bad day. He never woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. No one's ever seen him grumpy about anything. Right. Except when he was hurt or, you know, couldn't play yeah, or something. Right, right. But, like, he, he is just the breath of fresh air that this team needed. And here's something else he is. He's a winner. And he'll do anything to win. And and he proved it the other night. Do you realize that he played, like, 55 snaps, right? And this is, this is a Hall of Fame tight end. 
who, by the way, him and Tom Brady have like 12 postseason touchdowns. It, they tied Jerry Rice and Joe Montana, right. okay, for playoff touchdowns, just, just playoff touchdowns. They've gotten damn near 100 otherwise. So here's the greatest in, – in a, in a playoff game, right, and you're thinking, man, this is when he shines, and he's been playing really well. You know what he did? He agreed to block the entire game. He had mm-hmm. one target, and he should have caught it. It should have been a touchdown. He had one target the entire game out of 55 snaps. He was, as much as Donovan Smith at times, he was blocking Chase Young one-on-one and winning yeah, and doing it time after time after time, including the deep shot to you know, Tony. And you know what that did? That allowed another tight end to suddenly be involved in the offense because he Big wasn't. Time. And Cam Brady, Brady ends up with game. 80 yards receiving. Yeah. yeah, huge game. Giant game. And that's because of Grob Gronkowski and his willingness because – you put Braid in there to do that, he's going to get steamrolled. Right. Right? But Gronkowski can do it all. I mean, he's a, he's a complete tight end. Not only can, can do it all, but, but you're saying willing to do it all. Willing. And, and so, so you're on that football team, okay? And you're Leonard Fournette, just to pick a not random right. name. <laughs> and you see, you see that this dude – Right, who came out of retirement to play with his buddy, not to play with him, but to win with him. You see, this dude says, "I'm going to take on Chase Young all night long, and I know I'm not going to run out for any passes, but I'm cool with it because I'm going to protect my boy's backside." Literally, okay. Who are you to complain that you're not getting enough reps when Ronald Jones was was active? I mean, so all of a sudden, you know, Fournette, who had sulked a little bit, and you know, he got to play a couple games because Rojo had the COVID, and then they get to Washington. All of a sudden, the dude has a quad problem. It had been bothering him, but they don't know if it's a flight or whatever. He's sore. He's too sore to play. They're down to two running backs. Well, you know what? Fournette played his ass off. He played yeah. his best game. I mean, he, he ran hard. He spin moves, all that stuff. Had like 140 yards of offense. He was tremendous for them. And, you know, he said some things after the game, like, you know, I've had to humble myself. It's been, you know, it's really been – quite a journey this year you know I've had to you know, go through some things I was always the whole offense and it wasn't playing and they made him inactive against Minnesota about four weeks ago and I think the influence of of guys like Gronkowski willing to accept roles willing to do whatever it is they can do for that particular game and sacrifice the glory and the the touchdowns and the receiving and all that I think that permeates to the whole team I think that tells all your guys hey man we're all in this together you know, like we're all we all got a role to play, and it might not be the role you hoped, but if we all do our jobs, we got a chance. And I just thought it was really commendable of him. And I don't know what he'll do. He might do it again this week. You know, against against Atlanta, we know he he's been on a receiving Rollins, yeah. tear. Um, but you know whether it's whether it's him, whether it's you know Mike Evans. I mean, you could look at Mike Evans and you go, wait a minute, Mike Evans was trying to go to set an NFL record. And they brought in a guy, Antonio Brown, that was going to take passes away from him, right? And he managed to get it before he got hurt, literally, the, the next play. But he was okay with it. He was like, I just want to win. Man, I just want to win. If you get enough guys that think that way, then something special starts to happen to your football team. Well, and I look, I'm not here to suggest that Antonio Brown suddenly found religion, but – Nope. He's been no problem at all as far as I can He's tell. been phenomenal out there. I, like, I've talked to coaches. They go, I wish we had some of our guys that have been here for a few years. I wish they, they were as good 
attitude as he has. Like right. he has been exemplary. They say. And with AB, it's I mean, you're, he could wake up tomorrow and everything could change because that's what his history shows. You know. Yeah, but you know why it won't here? I think is because of Brady. Right. Because right. Brady yeah. stuck his neck out to get him in this organization. And not only that, Tom, did you see the last game of the regular season? Mm-hmm. So Antonio Brown needed three more receptions to get to 45. And if he got the 45 receptions, yeah. he had a quarter of a million dollar bonus. Now you can say, well, here's a guy that's made, you know, umpteen millions. Hell, he, 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 you know, let 30 million go by being an idiot in Oakland. But nonetheless, they ran, the game was over. Their their final regular season game against Atlanta, they had, they could go into a victory formation. They ran three pop passes, like sort of like where the guy goes end around, you just shovel the ball to him yeah. in front of you, and that's considered a completion. Right. They ran three of these so he could get his two hundred fifty k. Right. So you don't think, and that's Brady, right? Brady wanted to get it for him. Somebody made him aware they needed three more catches. They did it. That's the kind of thing that makes guys want to want to do anything for you. You know well, not I mean? that you're not in playoff games that you're looking to make everybody happy, but I noticed the game the other night that there was a large section of that game where, like they like Mike Evans was, they weren't throwing the ball to Mike Evans; they were throwing right. to Scott on every play. And all That's of a sudden, right. then Evans goes crazy. But at the end of the night, you look at it and say. Well, they threw the ball to Godwin, and they threw the ball to Camp Brate, and they mm-hmm. threw the ball to Mike Evans, and Scotty mm-hmm. Miller caught a pass, and yeah. Frenette got the ball. Like it, if if you just keep going out there, he's Brady will get you the ball at some point, you know, and you can make some plays. That's what I like where they're at, Rick. I like where they're. I, I do. I think New Orleans is. If if I you know, got to bet the mortgage on who's going to win that game, I think it's New Orleans. But I'm, I think the Bucks have a better chance. Here's what. Then, then a lot of people think. Here's, I know, not that the odds mean everything or the spreads, but what I've noticed is the spread has been between like four and four and a half and three on this yeah. game, and everybody's they're, they're the under the Bucks are the underdog, right? Yeah. That's really low. Like, boy, the New Orleans should be favored by more than that. You have think you been so? to Vegas? Have you? Well, no. I mean, have you been to Vegas? Like, you've seen those hotels out there, right? You've seen uh, those. Casinos. Yeah, they win a lot. They're swanky. Mm-hmm. You know how they get that money? They because they get people to bet on those games. And I'm telling you, like, three three points, that's a closer. So anybody who thinks, like, oh, New Orleans is going to go in there and blow them out, I don't think No, so. the wise guys are usually pretty close. Yeah, exactly. And I I, it's long, I think you hit on it earlier, Rick. I, like, this is not going to be the most genius football analysis in the history of your podcast. It's a bet turnover me. thing. Bet me. It's a turnover thing. If, yeah, it is. If you throw the ball to the other team, whoever throws the ball to the other team more is going to lose. But you know how those happen because we, we talked about Brady. I mean, the first time they played, he didn't he had never been on the grass with his own guys against another team and getting hit and all that. But how a lot of those have happened when they played the Saints is he's under duress. Right. Listen, no quarterback likes to get hit, and old quarterbacks hate getting hit even more. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they're not about to put themselves in harm way. If Tom Brady sees somebody win off the line of scrimmage, he will chuck that ball out of bounds. I don't care if it's fourth down. He's not going to sit back there and get hit. For the most part, he made an unbelievable throw looking down the barrel to Mike Evans late in that game in Washington. But um, but for the most part, he's not about that. So, yeah, if you keep him clean, he'll he'll absolutely destroy the other team. But you got to protect him, man. Like, that's that's the whole game with this game. And – They've not protected him when they've played the Saints for whatever reason. And and he's committed turnovers because of the pressure, because of what guys are in his face. And, you know, if that happens again, they'll lose. And if they protect him, I think they got a really good chance to win. 
I think it's going to be the best game of the weekend. I really Me too. do. I, I, I know a lot of people are getting excited about Cleveland after last week. I think Kansas City. And for some reason, people are turning on Kansas City. I, I don't think this game, that game will be close. I think, I mean, if Ben Roethlisberger can throw for 500 yards against Cleveland, what's Patrick Mahomes going to do against them? And yeah, that's a good point. The uh, and the Rams, I think the Rams have no shot at Green Bay. They see, I disagree. Really, you think the Rams have a shot there? Oh, absolutely. Jared Goff, they didn't even want to play Jared Goff last week. Now the quarterback thing scares me, you know, because he, like you said, he was going to be a backup, and he's got the broken thumb. So I, I mean, Jared Goff can, you know, he can be god awful, and they might not score. And and Aaron Donald had a little bit of an injury, so that would worry me too. Yeah, but if their, he's healthy, then, then their he's defense with Jalen Ramsey in the back end, they have sort of the recipe that could mess Rodgers up. And um, he's less, lost his starting left tackle, which is not a small thing, right? Um, to a quarterback, so you know there there's some things that I wouldn't I'd I'd pump the brakes just a little and just not just you know slide them through um, because Sean McVay's a hell of a coach. I mean, yeah, he went no, into Seattle. And I didn't. You know, a lot of people didn't think they'd have a chance there, and he messed up Russell Wilson. Yeah, boy, like Russell just, Wilson was not good. No, he not at been all. good half the half the last half of the season. And they fired their offensive coordinator. You know, that's that's the result of that. Like what I'm trying to tell you about the Pittsburgh Steelers, where you're trying to <laughs> fire Tomlin, you don't. You fire the assistants. That's the way it works. You know, who <laughs> I wasn't crazy about the team that you're in love with. All of a sudden, Buffalo. I think Buffalo had a bad. They were like good, except right up until Josh Allen tried to give the game away with a sack fumble. They were Phillip really Rivers good. had no problem carving them up. I, I'd be yeah. little, no, I'd be a little worried that that Baltimore can score a lot of points against Buffalo. Like, I, did, I wasn't crazy about Buffalo's defense the other day. They didn't play that well. I will give you that they did not. They did not make a good accounting. But of I do think defense. I think Buffalo wins that game. That, that might not be a, that might be a close game as well. Buffalo yeah. and Baltimore, but I think the Bucks Saints game has a chance to be really good. Really well. I mean, really here's what's funny about it. Like you're gonna, you know, it's almost a guarantee, right? That I mean, failing. I mean, I guess failing the Rams going all the way. You're you're probably gonna end up with, uh, you know, either Tom Brady and and uh, Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. And then how about the AFC? You go from these old goats, right, to these young guns, man. Like you could end up with Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes is the oldest guy left. I think that's right. What is he, 26? It's not, not even that. Not he? even, right? Like no, Baker Mayfield's the oldest in the AFC left. Is he Baker Mayfield's yep. older than, than Mahomes? Yep. Wow. That's 25 years and 200 and some days. <laughs> that's crazy, man. That is crazy. What a disparity of uh, of age of quarterbacks in each, each conference, huh? Is this the end, though, Rick? Or do you think they're always – like Josh Allen's a young quarterback, and I think he's going to be good for a while. He reminds me more of the – the Ben Roethlisberger, you know, big guy who can move a little bit, not really run. I mean, do, well, he can run but, a little bit, but he's not a running yeah, quarterback. He's but, not yeah. a running quarterback. But I mean, do you think in a few when, when we see these guys like Brady and Breeze and Roethlisberger finally go away? I mean, is are we going to be left with guys that can just run around? Like, like is that is that what the future of the NFL? We've talked about this for a while. But well, listen, will we uh, ever think- see the traditional? Tom Brady go back and stay yeah, I, I don't know. I would never say never, but I uh, listen. I think you know football it, it migrates its way up the chain, not down. So what they're doing in high school and did for years, finally got to the colleges with the spread options, and you know nowadays because they have all these passing camps in high school and whatnot, guys throw more footballs than they ever have. Like they just do. They're they're throwing from the time they're 
seven years old and some are going to these summer camps and, you know, um, seven on seven shootouts with their high school teams. And then they get to college and they're running the same sort of spread offense. And, um, and now I think you're starting to see that, you know, migrate itself to the NFL where rather than try to, you know, put a square peg in a round hole, these guys aren't comfortable under center. They're not comfortable always being, you know, uh, not, not getting out on the edge and throwing and running and stuff. So, you incorporate some of that into the game. And I think that's what you're seeing in the NFL, this evolution of, you know, putting their quarterbacks that, that colleges are giving them into the best offense that will help, help them execute. And so I do expect to see more Josh Allens and, and people like that than I would see. I think even like Joe Burrow runs around, can run, you know, a little he's bit. mobile enough. Yeah. 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 But I mean, what you watch, watch that game the other day with Lamar Jackson, like that is oh, that was so now, much he's a, fun to that's watch a, that's a different deal though like that's a michael vick type quarterback you know what i mean like it's so fun though you know like yeah but don't you I think like watch- that was his first playoff win you want to talk about playoff wins okay i know i know this is his first one and i don't know how good tennessee is so i don't think tennessee's very good i and they i would just say like the, the you know the thing on him is keep him you know bottled up don't let him get on the edge don't let him extend plays if he runs it tackle him and make him beat you from the pocket and until he proves he can do that, you know, I think somebody's going to challenge him. I don't know. I, I'm not – Baltimore's better, but I don't I don't feel like they're Super Bowl best, you know. Like, right, right. I still think it's going to be Buffalo and Kansas City. Oh, I think I so could too. be wrong. You know what? I'll tell you what, though, Rick. Uh, this six games in the first week of the playoffs? Love it. We're doing this from now on, right? Oh, absolutely. For one, there's money in it. You know the TVs love it. And two, the ratings were off the chain. And it, it just feels like three's great. a better number, right? Oh, it was so good. It was like you wake up and we watched a game. There was three games. Football at one, then four. And then he's like, oh, I got a night game. Got a night game. It felt like Thanksgiving Day all of a sudden. Then, you, it, then right? the next day we'll do it again. Yeah. The next day great. you liked it so much you did it twice. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's here to stay, man. And not all the game. The games are like really weren't that great. Like New Orleans, Chicago wasn't a great game. No, I mean, Baltimore, Tennessee was good, but mm-hmm. the Bucks game was kind of sloppy. Uh, the Rams game was kind of a blowout, actually. So right. a lot of the games weren't even that good. Steelers, Browns game was a bad game, but but it seemed like everybody loved it. It seemed oh, like but I lo- was- yeah, I watched I watched every snap. I think it was yeah. great. Yeah, we're doing it from now on. It's great. Oh, no question, no question. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I, while we're talking about football real quick, I just want to mention, uh, did you see where, um, of course, our uh, the great Alex uh, Trebek um, passed away a little while ago, and one of the big Jeopardy fans in the NFL is Aaron Rodgers. I saw where he's going to host, at least for an episode. Yeah, they're doing maybe. guest hosts right now. Like Ken Jennings. Have you watched the first couple? I've watched the first couple with Ken Jennings. Jennings was a guy that won a lot of money, right? Yeah, he won. He has the record for like most consecutive wins. He won like okay. 74 in a row. Whatever. So he hosted. He hosted. He saw, I think that he's, I think I saw the other day, I actually wrote this. He taped 30 of them uh, okay. as guest host. And he was, okay. he was like, I've watched the first two or three and now, uh, and he's really good. He's really, I, I actually think he's going to be, end up being the guy. 
Really? Okay. I think so. I think. I mean, I don't know. That's we'll interesting. See. I think he's been really good. I think my good personal friend Katie Couric is going to uh, do a, some as a guest host. That's the. Or are you going to bring the the wine and the hand lotion or whatever the hell it was? What was? <laughs> it sounds just like a Saturday about, night. You know, it's so you? funny. I was thinking about that the other day. <laughs> is that so what it was? Pe- no, by the way. Well, so for people who don't remember, it wasn't hand lotion. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> it was hand sorry. sanitizer. Ah, you know, what, there you go. You know what's funny? I was thinking about the other day. So, for people who don't know, a couple of years ago, Pointer, where I work now, honored her with uh, their uh, journalism award. We have an annual journalism award that we for a lifetime. America's work. sweetheart. And so they had they have like a pre party, like a VIP party, where people could meet her and take pictures with her. And you had one job. And I had one job, which I, I was her handler, basically. <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah. If, that's just some, like, I don't know what is going to happen. Like, I'll go to your funeral if you go to mine. But please. Yes. Please mention the fact that you were Katie Couric's handler. I was her handler. That, I don't, that it has doesn't to matter be, how many games, how many Stanley Cups I've covered. No. How many no. All-Star games I've been to. This if goes I've to the top any, of the I've resume. I've actually won a couple of writing awards accidentally. <laughs> It'll no, be, I don't no. care. Like, I don't the care. The most famous thing. Tom Jones, comma, who was... When I, well, my Katie Couric. Cody Couric's handler. Once yeah. was the handler for Katie Couric. Perfect. Uh, but it was, so I think back about it now, this is obviously pre-COVID. She shook hands with like 8,000 people. And oh, it, God. The only, the only word afterwards, it I'm like, might have been what? a super spreader event. Oh, I know. I said, what can I, so afterwards, at one point she came over to me and she took a little break and she goes, and she had a smile on her face because she's always smiling. And she's like, how much longer is this? And I go, <laughs> Uh, about another. How many more people do I got? Like, we got about 150 more people. She's like, I'm going to kill you. But she was <laughs> kidding. But she was very nice about it. But at the end of it, I'm like, Can I get you anything? And she's like, Yes, please. I'd like a glass of wine and the biggest bottle of hand sanitizer you can find. <laughs> I was like, Of course. So yeah. I had to scrambling through the Vinoy trying to find hand sanitizer. I'm sure you guys carried that. The wine was easy. I know you knew where that was. Exactly. But so anyway, she's supposed to host one of these, uh, a couple of these Jeopardy. I don't see her so, as the permanent, you know, game no. show host, as you know. Well, who, wait, well, what were you getting at? Who was, who did you say? Well, was doing? well it's uh, Aaron Rodgers. Is gonna oh, do Aaron Rodgers. He's going to have the guest, but, but it got me because game show host is a, uh, if you can get one of these game shows, it's a very, very lucrative type. You know how I know that for, to be a fact? Well, besides, I'll tell you what proves it is that, of course, Bob Barker did Price is Right for years. For years, yeah. And then as soon as the job came open, they offered it to Drew Carey, who jumped at it and said, absolutely. Had a hit comedy job. show. Had a hit comedy and a good stand-up career and, you know, could have yeah. maybe tried to work his way into being a talk show host or something like that, be a late-night guy or whatever. I jumped on and said, this, I think he recognized, I could do this for the next 30 years. Absolutely. Hosting, hosting Blinko, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. And the actual nah. retail price is, yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. That he knew that was a that's a light it's a Supreme Court justice it's a lifetime gig <laughs> really if you can is. get it it really is Wink Martindale that guy did how many how many game shows did that guy do oh, a million of them and it got to me to thinking about game shows and we you know we're of the age where we remember some of the early TV game shows and and some that have survived I mean you know the one we're talking about I mean The Price Is Right has been around forever um, Jeopardy's been around forever but there were some that. Wheel of Fortune. Run. My wife, by the way, watches Wheel of Fortune every night of our lives. Wheel of Fortune, really? The house could be on fire, and if it's final, the final wheel spin or whatever. Let me ask you: Is she a crossword puzzle worker? Like, is yes, this something she's she a logic? Acted? She does logic puzzles. She does okay. word searches. She does all that, and she's great. Like 
on Wheel of Fortune, she does great. I actually do pretty good on Jeopardy. Like, I do okay on Jeopardy, too, but I wonder if it's if I do okay or I just think I do okay. Like, I would no, never go on the show. It would be I don't think I'd be good enough to go on a show because one of two things would happen. Either I would I would win like easily or I wouldn't answer one. <laughs> I yeah, think the I odds think you, are I I think the second one. one is probably what would happen. Like, I, I'm great on the pop culture, like movies of the 60s, like in, you know, yeah. hit songs or female singers. I, I'd be right. great on that. But when they're like... Greek mythology. architecture. Mythology, yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, no, wrong. Yeah. I might do okay with mythology because they're all Greek. Um, <laughs> so true. there were some that got me to thinking about, um, you know, there's game shows and then there's like, you know how popular The Bachelor is, right? Remember the old yeah. dating game? It went to like about- It's like a reality show, yeah. Yeah, it went from like 65 to 74. They had this thing called The Dating Game. The dating game, yeah. Which actually, Remember? like, sometimes actors, like people who turned out to be famous, ended up being smothered. On one of the Smothers brothers was on it, I think. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. So what, the way it was was basically for people who don't remember is is a um, usually a girl, right? A young girl can't like young girl, but like they a, would flip it sometimes. But yeah, yeah. but somebody come out and they'd sit there and they wouldn't be able to see be like a wall potential mm-hmm. dates, and then right. you'd have, like Bachelor number one. Well, there you, you know, go. If I were, if you were a, a Italian dish, what would you be? <laughs> and then they would all answer three questions, and then they would pick somebody right. to go on a date. Yeah, that's a good question. Did you just make that up on the spot? I did. That was pretty good. Italian I don't know what dish. I. And it was always like, but like at the whatever answer it was, it was always a little risque. So that the people in the audience Fe- were like, ooh, you know, yeah. Yeah, so, ooh, hey, yeah fettuccine. Okay, that sounds I'm all, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I like the one. Hey, bachelor can... number one, how would you describe the face of bachelor number two? In, in, <laughs> if it was an animal, you know, that kind of. Thing. <laughs> um, right. Going way back, although it lasted. Here's, a, here's the, remember the, to tell the truth. Do you know they had, they actually they're they're redoing it now. They're going to do a new one, right? They are doing a new one. Anthony mm-hmm. Anderson, I think, is the host of the new one, and they have like celebrities come on. Yeah, but yeah, it's to tell the truth. Yeah. Great. That was with, uh, and then, then uh, you had Kitty Carlisle. I don't know who these people Kitty were. Carla. Who was she? Some socialite? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, she was always <laughs> in like the social paces. And match. it was like Second City TV did a did a rip off of that one time. Like it made fun of it basically, and it was called like "What's My Shoe Size?" And people <laughs> had to guess the other person's shoe size. I could do that. Um, remember Gene Rayburn? He he had the match game oh, with. Match uh, game, and, yeah. and, and is it true that uh, Richard Dawson was on every game show that I that they ever created? Oh yeah, I think, I think he was on. And then Him and had, Betty White, I believe. Betty White did a ton of them, and that Brett Summers was like Gene Rayburn's wife. But he, he had that microphone that was like four <laughs> feet long. That's right. It was. You know what show? Remember the show Password? Remember Password? Password. I used to play that at home. Well, yeah, when I was a kid, but, like it would be on in the afternoons or something. Right, and it was usually two yeah, celebrities. The password is. And it, yeah, the, the they had password. this voice guy. I wanted to be the voice guy that said, "The password is Television. Christmas." A oh, Christmas. Yeah. So it was always funny, and this would happen like every once a week, because when you're home sick from school. Right, that was exactly. the great part. You would sit there and you'd watch like all these games. Absolutely, shows, the only thing that was on, like watch Joker's. Have Wild your grilled and, cheese and tomato soup. Yes. Exactly, mm-hmm. and it would say, but they said, and this would happen once a week, and they would have the celebrity would look at it, and they would look at it on the screen. And it's like, and you it was you had to give one word to your uh, teammate, and they had to try and they had to, to try to guess that like, the password. And and this would happen once a week. The password is Christmas, and the person would go, "Okay, uh, I'll play." Um, Christmas. Uh, uh. <laughs> That's 
right. Never like, failed. They, somebody would say, say the word. They literally read the card that's in front of you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, there was uh, the one that I played when I was home from sick from school was the pyramid. Oh, yeah. But they went from the 10,000 10, to the 20,000 to 100,000. I never right. got that. Dick Clark, right? Dick Clark. Dick goes. Clark. Yeah. Dick Clark, who, who, you know, before there was Ryan Seacrest, who actually was a part of Dick Clark's uh, right. production for a while, Dick Clark did all the game shows and New Year's Eve. And that was sort of like Password in a way that instead of saying, like on Password, you could only say, like if you said Christmas, yeah, you'd the, be you could only give one word clues. So you would say like yeah. Santa or mm-hmm. but Claus. Like for, yeah. Right. Yeah. But for, for, um, for, pa- for, uh, 10, for Pyramid, pyramid or hundred thousand, whatever it turned out to be, mm-hmm. is you could actually give several words. So if the if the word was Christmas, you'd say, uh, "This is what we celebrate every December twenty fifth." In the end, exactly. The answer the question. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. There was that. Um, do you remember the great "Let's Make a Deal"? That's still on too. Monty Hall was the and Carol the the great the lovely Carol Merrill. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but Monty, yeah, and uh, that's still that's still on now. Uh, Wayne Bra- I think now? Wayne Brady uh, is the oh, okay. Guy. Yeah. It was weird. It was like, you know, it's like, would you like to go for the potential of that car behind the curtain or you can have this lovely toaster? And I always wondered, like, who wants the toaster? You know what I'm saying? Like, like the best the gift car. you could get on those shows, like, same thing with, like, the newlywed game or whatever, would be, a like, car. washer and dryer set. Like, really? Oh, yeah. That's true. There's been a ton of them, man. Uh, right up to Regis Philbin and Who Wants a Millionaire. That thing was on for a while. Who Wants you mentioned to be a Millionaire? Yeah. They're- Wheel of Fortune, Family Feud. Do you ever watch? Do you, I don't know if you watch this. Sometimes I'll I'll, uh, I'll watch it. Like Ellen, the generous host, like Ellen's Night of Games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I actually think it's kind of sadistic that show. Like she they actually, do awful things to their yeah, contestants. Yeah, and like right? Ellen thinks it's funny. Does anybody else have a problem? I have a problem with this. I do. It seems a little violent to me. It does. It's like let's make fun of people as they and they're not really hurting them, but no. But like the bottom will drop out of something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or. I don't know, some loud noise or something, you know. Yeah, no, the bottom dropping out. Like, yeah, they, they fall down a tunnel or whatever. Like, Right. I'm like, what? This is supposed to be fun? Who's who's this fun for? <laughs> well, <laughs> it kind of bugs me, to be honest with you. It's it's physical humor. It's okay. Nothing <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But you're you're a big, you're a big gay. Uh, you know, the price is right. Um, the my price is right memory that I'll, I'll never be able to get past is that uh, I was watching it. When the shuttle Challenger blew up, oh no, kidding! Yeah, I, I was That's working right. in Pasco it during the day. Yeah, it was a Friday. Af- it had to be a Friday afternoon because I'm pretty sure it was a Friday. I guess I could check on that. I knew I had a some high school game that I was covering. I thought it was football, maybe it was something else. And just happened to be home. It was a you know really cold day in Florida and all that. We know and clear as a bell. And I remember watching uh, watching the Price is Right, and I, they either cut in. Because the the you know at that time they didn't cover launches live because they were they were just routine, but they cut in on this one because they had a teacher on board and it was a there was a local news lady I wish I could look up her name people will know what I'm talking about on Channel 13 and like Kelly not Kelly Ring, it wasn't Kelly was it? Ring it was yeah it was before that but anyway she she was at the Cape and they're talking about you know. Um, the teacher going in space and you know, all the, the students were there and the mom and dad and everything. And the, the thing went up and of course we all watched it live. You know, it's like, and, and, and it blew up. Um, and you hear in mission control, like 
obviously a major malfunction, like which is the understatement of the world, right? Um, and the parents are watching this, and it's just it's tragic. There's school kids there. And you could go outside where I was, like in Palm Harbor, and see the plume and everything like that. But they, I believe they either cut in or uh, or maybe the, the second uh, showcase prize was just over. I can't remember which. But yeah, that's that's my for what forever. When somebody says price is right to me, I immediately think of that disaster. Isn't that weird? When I think of price is right, I I don't know if it. There was a movie that came out, a documentary that came out about two or three years ago, and it was called Perfect Bid. Okay. It was, it was the contestant who knew too much. I think was was, like, was the name of the whole show, and they followed this guy. They profiled a guy. I think I'm looking it up now. His name was Ted Slauson, and. He became fascinated with the show, like as a kid, same as us, like home from school or in yeah, the summertime right. or whatever. Watched all the time. And he started to notice that they repeated, you know, uh, prizes. Qu- questions. Questions and prizes. Categories. And how much stuff was, how much stuff costs. Because you have to guess, like, is this, which costs more, this or was this? Was he one of those guys that every day, kind of like Rain Man, would write down, like, what the answer was or what yeah, the cost and he, of the he just tomato? He just became. It was almost like card counting. He 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 sort right. of figured out how much he caught their analytic or whatever, and then somehow ended up getting on the show, and a couple, of, I think, more than once, and 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 had like perfect bids. Like he knew exactly wow. how much stuff cost. Wow! And it's this show, it, and they actually interviewed. I think Bob Barker's interviewed on it, and, and Drew Carey was interviewed. It's a real. It's only like an hour long, so if you get a chance to watch it, you can find it on. I don't know if it's, I saw it on Netflix. I don't know if it's where you, if it's, you might even be able to find it on YouTube now, but it's it's called the it's called Perfect Bid, and it's totally fascinating how this guy basically gamed the system and and figured out how, and it would help others to do it. You know, that's crazy. And say and and like people, you ever see that thing where like they say, okay, this uh, washer and dryer, and they say, okay, what what is this bid? And people look out in the audience, and this guy they would say they would look at him and he would tell them exactly how much it was. Because he wow. knew all of the prices, it was really good. It was it was a really fascinating uh, documentary. So, is there is there anybody that you would uh, we found? You know, uh, one of our last podcasts, I think we found Peyton Manning's TV wife. Who would you who would you cast for Jeopardy if you had to to uh, replace Alex Trebek? Is there anybody? Well, I think it's going to be. I think it'll be Ken Jennings. I'm okay with Ken Jennings. Being okay, that guy. so you I'm, do I'm think that little... he's a guy. Like you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers is gonna do is gonna guest host. I guess that's the word he's gonna fill in a little bit. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a really smart guy. He's good on the uh, discount double. You know the State Farm Jake, commercial. Uh, State Jake, Farm who never yeah, misses Jake. who never misses Arm Day at State Farm. Yeah, yeah. That's I think he's I think Aaron Rodgers is really good on there. I don't know. Do you think he would be a good? I don't know that he has the energy to be a good game show host. Does he? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he would loosen up. Maybe it'd be funny. I mean, it seems like he's a little too laid back, a little too cool. Too know? cool for school? Yeah, just a little bit. You know, just the way. Trebek even on was his State cool, Farm though. commercials, he's kind of laid back. Yeah. Well, that's sort of who he is. He has this little kind of arrogance. You know, it's kind of like, I'm smarter than you. I'm smarter than you. <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> know. Does. I don't know who they would put in. I don't know if there would be like a, an athlete that could do it. You know? I think Gronk like could host a game show. I don't know if it's Gronk Jeopardy. Is a, it is a game show. He's a, he is Gronk. a human game show, right? He is the game show. He was he had a game show. He was uh, he's part of that one with uh, Serena Williams. It he'd was be like, good he had for those shows. Stunts and things. Yeah, he'd be good for those shows like Wipeout or whatever, like where people are 
are getting knocked around by uh, jumping on balls and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what? That, like they jumped on those giant balls, like over swings oh, and stuff okay. like that. Yeah, just, easy yeah. now. No, I listen. I'm trying to follow along here. That's when he they would, fall into they fall yeah. into the pool, and it's like a it's a like an obstacle course kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be good, like Gronk would be good on something like that. But right? he did some of those things. He did some of those physical, you know, challenges, and, and I think he damn near got hurt doing a couple of them. But that was that was the the path he was going on. He was he's going to be like a you know TV TV game show guy, pitch man, um, extraordinary. He He'll could do be all that he could be on this Peyton Manning sitcom show. <laughs> That's true. Hey, The Rock hosts everything. Why doesn't he just host Jeopardy? I know. He could. Does he host a lot of game shows? He, he, he He's on he, TV he, every time you turn yeah. around. He or Michael Strahan or Ryan Seacrest, they're on everything. Oh, yeah. Well, that's part of the production company, though. I know. After a while, it's like, like for people like Strahan... You know, or Ryan Seacrest is like you don't have to be on everything. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. Like, come on, man! Like, move out of the way, Les. I, I need to eat too. Need to put toast on the table. You think? You know? Could you see Brady as a TV star? Could Brady do any of this when he's through? Is he? I mean, I don't know what he's going to do. What is he's Brady going to do when he's done? I don't. You know, somebody said the other day, assuming he ever quits, he might be. He'd 70 make a plus. great coach. Okay, first of all, he's not coaching. No, no. one's ever coaching. No one's going to coach. They make too much money. It's too many hours. No one's going to do that. And they're like, well, you could own a team. Nah, that's too much. That's, that's too much. And too. That's a lot of money. I mean, too. Elway just stepped down, right? You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know what what Brady would do. He could, he could maybe. I mean, he's you know, he's good looking enough. I suppose he could probably do a game show. Or I don't think he's going to be an actor because he can't act. Although he he was okay in the movie Ted. Was it Ted or Ted Two? Yeah, I I Ted Two or whatever. Yeah, he's he not played bad. himself though. So yeah, what he played a stretch. himself, right? Um. Is he a bit, is he in the business? Like, would he? I mean, I know he's got the TB twelve stuff and all that. But. He has a media. He actually has a media company with Michael Strahan. Did you know that? No, I yeah. did not. Yeah, so I mean, he could. I suppose he could put himself. Look, he, he's probably going to be on TV in some some capacity. I don't know what he'll be doing. I don't see him calling games or you know, he's going to play a lot of golf. <laughs> That's what he's going to do, man. Tool well, around in his I boat. Would do. Are you kidding me? I know, right? I wouldn't do anything. I don't know why he's still playing. It's fascinating to me that he still cares about playing. It really is. He not just only, loves it. Yeah, I mean, not just he's not playing, and he's not just playing for the money. Clearly, no, he could make more money. He's making twenty five. Yeah, right. He's playing because he loves. He it. He loves it. Loves football. Loves everything about it. It's crazy. I mean, for a guy that you know, but his his realization he's played longer than anybody, and his thing is that if when he quits and he puts the keys on the table, that's it. And this is what he's done since he was 10 years old. It was so funny. I mean, I'm sure you've seen everybody out there see it now at this point. Uh, that They showed uh, that game on Sunday night. They showed what he looked like at his age now and what George Blanda looked like. I know. And George I Blanda know. looked like – I mean, Brady's 40 – how old? 42? 43. 43 looked – and he looks 33. Blanda was 43 and he looks 63. <laughs> Didn't everybody look older, though, back in the they day? They did. I mean, my dad – I think about my dad, you know, and – in his fifties or whatever, and I think, man, I don't look like that. Like I think you know why? Just... You know why they? You know what? You know what my dad had for breakfast every day of his life? No, a cigarette? black cup of coffee and two unfiltered camels. <laughs> that's that's what he had. That's for exactly breakfast. what happened. My poor dad smoked himself to death too with three packs of Palm Oil a day. Yeah, and my dad. It. My it was dad a coffee used to and get a couple cigarettes before yeah. bre- before breakfast. Yeah, 
I mean, I would go out there like the, they were, I, I'd hear a noise. It'd be like five o'clock in the morning. My dad used to get up like that's the other you'd day. Have the, you'd have the paper too, right? Yeah, but I, no, he would sit in the dark, and all you'd see was the, the, the just the glow, glow of the, of the cigarette, of the you know, cigarette, and smell the coffee. That's all you would see. <laughs> and, and he and he got up at you know he left the house at five, got home the at great seven. Part of waking up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it was, and. And it, like if he ran out of camels, he'd go get my mom's cigarettes and tear the filter off of them. I mean, that's what. <laughs> sure. That's why they look sixty three when they were forty three. You know? We laugh because we have to stop. And they all crying. weighed one hundred and fifty pounds. It's not like they, they all had, died. Yeah. Yeah. But I they mean, had. They still had that man strength. Oh yeah, old man strength. Yeah. yeah. For sure. You didn't cross them, but you're but right. That's they why. Look, and they meanwhile, like Tom Blanda. Brady, he's you know he's drinking you know grass milkshakes or whatever. He, well, he's, drink, he's also you know drinking twenty five gallons of water every day. Yeah. You know, the guy's going to float away, but <laughs> certainly helps his skin. I can tell you that. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see who ends up uh, hosting Jeopardy besides Aaron Rodgers. A Rodge. Well, that's going to go. Ron, yeah. But um, so, right, Tommy, we can uh, check out your newsletter. You're still doing that, of course, for Pointer dot org. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right and uh, got a prediction for the weekend game. Where now we're still we, we're still days away, but I'm just curious. Like, do you I, think do the Bucks make it to the NFC Championship? Uh, no, I think they mm. come up just a little bit. God, short. I hate you know, and you're Nostra Thomas too. You give us no hope. Well, when it Bucks comes fans. to the Bucks, the Bucks so fans are listening to this podcast, hoping that you would pick the Bucks to advance, and now that you didn't, and you correctly picked the Steelers to lose. No, see, I'm I'm right on everybody else. I'm wrong on this. I'm I'm the guy. I'll just beat everybody to it. I'm the guy that said give Josh Freeman a hundred million dollars. So we'll no, just get true. that out of the way. So with the Bucks, I'm usually. You I also think said Boston people, would beat the Lightning a couple years ago too. I so. did. You did, I did say, say that. that. And then the next round said the Lightning would beat the Capitals, and that didn't happen. So with yeah. local teams, my predictions aren't quite as strong. I would admit yeah. that. But I think I'm going this weekend. I think I'm go. I'll go Saints. Uh, Packers, Chiefs, Bills. So I'm, I guess I'm going scratch on everybody here. You're going scratch, and then and then uh, probably what Patriots, uh, Packers, or something like that. I I think it's gonna be Chiefs, Chiefs. Uh, I think it's gonna be Chiefs. Did I say Patriots? Patriots where the hell did that come Packers? From? Yeah, where did that come from? The, because the Patriots are cheetahs, and they're still gonna the get cheetahs. in. Cheetahs. Yeah. Still figuring uh, out a way. Uh, to uh, get in. I like the Patriots there. Yeah, I uh, think okay. uh, I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, I mean, we'll see. But I'm Chiefs, Packers, Super Bowl one repeat. That's, I could see that. I could yeah. see that. Yeah. All the Hank Stram sideline. Here we go, Otis. Here we go. <laughs> Woo-hoo. 85 toss, 65 toss fire trap. Woo-hoo. Um, matriculate the ball boys. down the field. That's, That's the right. way to matriculate, yeah. Matriculate the ball, boys. Way Great go, boys. call. Great call. 65 toss fire trap. Great call. <laughs> Those are the days, man. NFL films. But uh, what I think are we she, doing? I, she, what are we? Everybody grabbing. Nobody tackling. <laughs> grab, grab, grab. <laughs> What a! I don't. I don't think. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be. Everybody's down on the Chiefs, Rick. I, I think the Chiefs are going to be fine. Oh, I think. I think you win. know what happens is the wild card comes around and everybody goes, "Oh, this team looks good." Oh, that, and you forget the teams that are sitting home are so much better. They got buys. Yeah. You know, and then they show up. You're like, oh yeah, they're really good. <laughs> but um, you think? Yeah. I mean, the I'm not going to ask you to pick the game, but I mean, you think the Bucks have a real shot, right? This- well, they're in the game. You know, that's the thing. As a sports editor once told me, he didn't plan on the Bucks beating Philadelphia because he just didn't think there was any way that was going to happen. And we reminded him, well, they're there. They're playing. They could win. You know, like, yeah. play the game. Like, it's, I think there's I, a lot of pressure on the Saints, too. Look, yes. if this truly is Drew Brees' last year, and there's every reason to speak, think that because he has a big contract, I guess, with NBC, and, he, and his skills are not where Tom Brady's are right now. And he's 41 with cracked ribs and all that. 
So if this is his last year, but you just think of how their last several uh, playoffs have ended with the Minneapolis miracle and the no calls, and they got a lot of pressure on them too, don't you think? Yeah, I do. A lot do. of pressure to win. Exactly. And uh, and I do, so, if, if this game was played a month ago, I would – I would. I feel really bad for the Bucks because right, they were. They're, they're, I do yeah. like the way they're playing lately. So. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be a good game, and um, you know, I give. Of course, they have a chance. They're in the game, and if they win that, they're sixty minutes from playing in a Super Bowl in their hometown. In fact, if they win that, and somehow the the Rams were to beat the Packers, they'd be playing the championship and the Super Bowl in their hometown. Amazing. That would crazy. Be amazing. Would that be? But and if course, they do win in New Orleans, I think you you better find your long underwear. I know. I agree. Yeah, we've been putting it off too. It's uh, see, I think this will be the tougher game, Rick. I, I, I'd be a lot more of, you know what? You know who agrees with you? Almost every coach at, at uh, for the Bucks. Yeah, I don't think any of them wanted to see. I think they all wanted the Rams to lose to Seattle, um, so that they would go to Green Bay next. I round. think you were going to have to go through New Orleans no matter what. You're right. going to have to, but they would have preferred to be okay. Sixty minutes, you win, you're in the Super Bowl. Like right. Now well, not only played, that, but sixty minutes. I'd say it's sixty minutes that Drew Brees might crack his ribs against somebody else. <laughs> you know, first. Who's going to get knocked out of that game? Just like the Bucks lost Alex Kappa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right? So that's all part of it, man. It's a war of attrition. So we'll see what happens, Tommy. Thanks for uh, the two days on the podcast. We'll check yeah. you out at Pointer Always fun. I'll talk to you next week. Maybe we'll be getting ready for the NFC Championship. I'm sure we won't. No, I'm sure we will. Actually, I'm not sure of anything, but I'll be well, here. Well, the game we'll will be played. Week. We'll see if the Bucks are in it. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll have something to say about this game for sure. My thanks to Tom. Hey, tomorrow we're going to preview the Bucks, saints and the NFC Divisional Playoff and all the postseason games coming up this weekend with Joey Knight of the Tampa Bay Times. Hey, folks, uh, if you want to find the best party platters uh, for your family in, in, or catering, anything you're doing, Call our friends at Mr. Empanada. Look, if you haven't had an empanada, you got to try one, okay? You take your favorite food. They place them inside a pocket of homemade dough. It's cooked perfectly until it's golden brown. You can order delicious menu items right now from scratch, including soups, salads, Cuban sandwiches, everything you want, online at MrEmpanada.com, or you can call any one of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay. Where Latin food quality and service meet, it's Mr. Empanada. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.